0: Whether you're a vet, a vet tech, or an animal owner, if there's only one episode of the Vet Podcast that you ever listen to, please make it this one. If you are friends of any veterinary professionals on any of the social platforms, you may have seen a frame popping up on their profiles, N-O-M-V. That stands for not one more vet. Vets are killing themselves, Literally, suicide I'm talking about here. In the United Kingdom, it's been shown that veterinarians are up to four times as likely to commit suicide than the general population. This has to stop. In this episode of the Vet Podcast, I want to take another look at what is causing this and what we as a profession can do to help ourselves. You are listening to The Vet Podcast, presented by veterinarian Dr. Brian Greger from New Zealand. Join us as we discuss pet health issues from around the world. I've been a vet now coming up 40 years. I've seen the good and the bad of the profession. It is a great profession. You're there doing what you want to do. You're interacting with people. You're making a difference in their lives. Meeting some really great people. Unfortunately, I've also seen the bad of the profession. I've seen burnout, I've seen depression, I've seen bullying, I've seen suicide. One of my colleagues a few years ago had just had enough and killed himself. Being a vet is a really hard profession. It's hard to get into vet school to start off with. The study is hard. You operate under high caseloads, working long hours. You develop an attachment to your patients and to the clients, and unfortunately, you do lose these patients. They do die. You're dealing with stressed owners, often in very emotional situations. A lot of the time, we seem to be dealing with our own demons, our own personal and emotional issues. After hours is a big problem. A lot of practices have to do their own after hours, they're not affiliated, often because of geographic reasons, to the large after hours clinics. So you're dealing with a lack of sleep. I know in my situation, if I pulled an all-nighter, if I had a major case that came in at night and I had to work on it through the night, I still had to be at work again at eight o'clock the next morning. So you spend the whole day playing catch up with your sleep. Social lives are interrupted, the number of times that I would be out for dinner and you get a call where you have to go back to the clinic, you're never off duty, there's always questions when you're out in a social situation, the supermarket, the number of times that people come up to me in the supermarket and say, my dog hasn't come right, my cat's died, why is my dog doing this? What I found personally, and I'm sure a lot of vets will have the same thought, is that you actually think over the cases at night. You go to bed and you think, oh gosh, I should have. Did I? Have I? Is the drip still running? Have I given it the right medication? Was the medication given at the right time? Have I even got the diagnosis wrong? All of this adds into the strain on relationships as well. If you've got a partner who's distracted in and out of the home all the time. Certainly, it does add to strain. Then there is the big elephant in the room. And I've only seen it in the last probably 10 years of my career. Social media. Vet bashing, untrue, unkind, intimidating comments. We're living now in a blame society. If something goes wrong, clients will often... Blame someone. Something has happened that that has caused this to happen. Unfortunately, often that's not the case. Things happen. Animals die. So leading on from that, vets are now living in fear of their vet councils or regulatory authorities, having to explain their actions, often after vexatious complaints, where the ultimate outcome may end up with the vet losing their license to practice. So what can we do about this to decrease the stress and the suicide rate in my colleagues? The first thing for the clients to remember is that vets are people too. They have feelings. They feel the pain of the loss of pets. They don't want their patients to die. They are trying their best for your pets. They don't set out to kill your pet. Most vets are in the profession for the job, not for making money. Chances are the vet that you're dealing with is on wages and may be making less than your plumber. Unlike human medicine, there is no government subsidy for healthcare. The charges that you're getting charged for the treatment of your animal are a true reflection of the cost of treatment. Now, if you do have an issue... The first port of call is a rational discussion with the vet and perhaps the practice management. There is no benefit in berating the vet on social media. It might make you feel better at the time, but remember that you are dealing with a real person with real feelings. So let's just have a look at what's going on with the vets. Why is there such a high suicide rate and vets with emotional difficulties? The number one underlying it is stress. Vets, as I've said earlier, live in a very, very stressful environment. There are other things that are at play in here as well. Euthanasia is a daily part of veterinary life. So does this normalize death? At least half of the male vets in the UK between 1982 and 96 who committed suicide used barbiturates. Barbiturates are the drugs that are normally used by vets to euthanise animals. We know how they work, they are easily available in all clinics. So, how are we going to lower? No, I won't say lower. How are we going to stop this? issue of suicide in vets. The first step is clients. Clients have to realise the stress that the vets are under and as the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern says when referring to our COVID response, just be kind. Don't rush off bad-mouthing vets or practices. If there is an issue, discuss it rationally with the vet involved in a civil way. A number of veterinary associations, including the New Zealand Veterinary Association, run wellness programs to help people manage stress. Vets or others in the industry, if you are feeling stressed, please talk to someone, be it a friend, a colleague or a counsellor. This is really important. Those of us in the industry need to look after our own. I have taken the advice of the University of Tennessee's Suicide Awareness and Veterinary Education website here, and it is great advice. What you need to do is keep an eye on your colleagues. Keep an eye out for them threatening suicide or expressing a strong wish to die. Are they making a plan to give away prized possessions? A sudden or impulsive purchase of a firearm? Obtaining other means of killing themselves, such as poisons or medication? Observable signs of serious depression, unrelenting low mood, pessimism, hopelessness, depression, anxiety, withdrawal from loved ones and social situations, sleep problems, particularly lack of sleep, increased alcohol or other drug use, recent impulsiveness and taking unnecessary risks, or unexpected rage or anger. If you see any of these, Have a talk to them, they may need to seek help immediately. So please remember, we work in a stressful profession. Please, let's all look after each other. Not one more vet. If you are a veterinary professional and having a bit of a struggle at the moment, can I implore you please to get help? Start locally, Um, friends, colleagues, your local GP, your national or area veterinary association has most likely got some sort of a stress help desk that you can use. There is the Not One More Vet movement as well. To find them, go to their website nomv.org. I'll put a link for their website on the Vet Podcast website, which... If you haven't found it is simply vetpodcast.weebly.com again please everybody take care and look after yourselves to find us on facebook twitter or instagram just search at vet podcast and like us while you are there subscribe to us on your usual podcast player And if you enjoyed the podcast, please rate us on your player and share us with your friends. Our website is vetpodcast.weebly.com Weebly Weebly is W-E-E-B-L-Y or email vetpodcast at gmail.com